Good morning, church family. I am Reverend K.L. Robinson, and I greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's been a little while since I've seen many of you, and I would rather be able to greet you in person with a holy kiss or a hug, but with all this social distancing going on, I'll just have to wait until things get a little bit better. Anyway, as I pinch hit and as I stand in for Reverend Edwards this morning, I do so in order to bring you a word, what I believe to be a word from the Lord. It may be something that you can totally digest right now, but perhaps it'll be food for thought that will last you the rest of the week. So with that in mind, will you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. It's a familiar passage to many of us. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. And it reads like this, and I'm reading from the King James Version, the New King James, I'm sorry. And it reads, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for blessed, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so this morning, Along with this scripture passage, I'd like for you to consider this thought. Using the 18 verses as our focus verse. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Consider this thought. In times like these, in times like these. Now, if I were to have a subtopic, it would be the church and the coronavirus. I could have said the coronavirus and the church, but I didn't because the point here is the church, not the coronavirus. So basically, what I want us to ultimately consider this morning is the church during times like this. Now, this morning, I have a couple of questions I would like to ask us to consider. And question number one is, what is the church? Well, the church is a living, breathing, and active organism. An organism can be one body, or it can be a number of cells or members that come together in order to form one body. According to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 1, the body was a group of believers who were persecuted in Jerusalem. 
and who were scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. This was one way in which the good news message went forth throughout the whole world. The author of the book of James referred to those who were persecuted and scattered abroad as the diaspora. And by the end of the book of Acts, this ragtag bunch of persecuted believers had come to be known as the ecclesia or the assembly. They were a called out group of believers who had endured many trials because of what they believed and because of who they were. And over the years and centuries, their mantra had become 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 10, which says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed at times, but never in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. Because we are always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. It's that resurrected life that they were referring to. And although they may have fallen down sometimes, they always got back up. That's the makeup and the character of the church. This is also the church's history. It didn't matter the times or the circumstances. The body of Christ has always been resilient. This is why Jesus told Peter that on this rock or on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On what revelation? On the revelation that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. It's on this rock that we stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So in times like these, we don't despair, nor do we fret, because the God we serve has never failed us yet. Now, the second question that I'd like for us to consider this morning is this. So what should the church be doing in times like these? Well, someone might respond by asking me, well, why does it even matter in view of all that we've been up against and all we've been going through lately? Well, one notable pastor, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church in California, had this to say about that. And I quote, as the church faces this new challenge of the coronavirus, the church once again has the opportunity and the responsibility to represent Jesus to those who are feeling the weight of all the fear and insecurity that this crisis is creating. Even we, as church leaders, play an important role in leading our churches in this new season of stress. So how do we make a difference where it matters most? That's the question, end quote. Well, personally, I, I submit to you this morning that we do this by being the church in times like these. Let me tell you that this topic of being the church has resonated within my spirit since it was an essay question on my final exam this past semester. The question 
that was asked is what kind of things can the church be doing during the time of the coronavirus pandemic? I gave a few suggestions, enough to satisfy my professor, but somehow I felt that something was lacking. Perhaps a caveat or perhaps a better explanation. Well, this morning, I'd like to offer to you just a few practical suggestions that we, the church, could be doing during times like these. However, as I list them for you, I'd like to also make this point that the church should not be defined by the things it does, but instead by what the church actually is, as determined by the mandate that has been given in the word of God. In other words, it's not what we do that determines who we are, but it's who we are that determines what we do. I mean, we can get caught up doing all kinds of things, but do the things that we do fulfill the mandate that we've been given by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's keep this in mind as we consider some of the things that the church could be doing in times like these. One of the first things that we all should be doing is making an assessment of where we are. In other words, where do you stand? God has given us time now to take stock of our own personal situations. Not only this, God has thus far provided for some of us financially, despite the fact that many of us were experiencing a lot of stress. So what should we be doing now? The Bible tells us that we should be examining ourselves first to see if we're still in the faith. We should now be testing ourselves to see if Jesus Christ is still within us. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. You know, in times like this, we need to know that our anchor holds and that it grips the solid rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. Another thing that we need to be doing is spending more time in the word of God. We've got more time. We're not able to run here and there like we are used to doing. God has given us more time to seek and to know him. And that only comes through studying his word. The church, all of us, need to study to show ourselves approved to God, to be workmen and workwomen who need not be ashamed because we rightly divide God's word. 2 Timothy 2, 15. You know, our children are also home these days. But are we taking the time to teach our children? And are we taking the time to have family devotions? Teaching our children is our responsibility. The Bible tells us that we are to train up our children in the way that they should go. Proverbs 22 and 6. Do you know why Abraham was a blessed or as blessed a man as he was? He was blessed because, as the Lord said, Abraham will teach his children and he will command his household how they should live. You know, we need to take advantage of all of this time that we now have. Thirdly, According to our mandate, we, the church, must continue to be witnesses as we continue to make disciples. 
The Great Commission tells us that we are to go and make disciples of all nations. Unfortunately, we are a bit limited in our ability to go these days. However, we can all witness through the examples that we set before our friends, our families, and our neighbors. The Bible tells us that we are to be living epistles that are read by all men. 2 Corinthians 3 and 2. Because we are being watched, y'all, by others to see how we handle ourselves in times like these. Fourthly, the church is to be a fellowship. Did you notice that I didn't say a place of fellowship? The church can be a fellowship in any place. It doesn't need four walls in order to be a church. You know, many years ago, I was when I was ministering the gospel in Africa, you know, we fellowshiped many times under a big oak tree that was located in the middle of a big field. And I have to tell you that we have had some of the greatest fellowships under that tree, even without the use of certain musical instruments. Let us not allow this pandemic to cause us to be Christians who just hunker down in our bunkers waiting for things to change. There are still many ways that we can come together. For example, you know, my sister meets weekly with a group of women on the phone just to discuss things like the upcoming Sunday school lesson, how to keep the kids busy during the week, and sometimes they even share some of their own personal struggles. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, Hebrews 10.25. So let's not allow ourselves to be separated from each other during these times. You know, there are many ways we, that we can continue to come together as the church, even in small groups and even as we social distance ourselves. By the way, when, we, when it comes to fellowshipping and witnessing, we should be open and transparent anyway, even when sharing with our neighbors. Perhaps we can do things like having a front yard cookout in order to invite some of our neighbors into our experience so that they can get to know us a little bit better. They, this could be an opportunity for us to share our faith with those who have been experiencing anxiety during these tough times. And finally, whatever we may do, we are all instructed to do things with the right motives in mind. Romans 13, 8 through 10 tells us to owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments are all summed up in this one saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And love doesn't harm a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. No matter what we do, our motivation should all be based upon love. There are still a lot of hurting people in the world today, 
and they will need our help. So we will need to continue operating out of our benevolent ministries as we try to meet as many needs as possible. You know, there are so many things that we, the body of Christ, can still be doing in times like these. Things like praying for the body and its many members. You know, prayer is the lifeblood of the church. Prayer ushers in the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to serve. For without prayer, we can do nothing. Don't forget that God has told us to pray. And he's also said that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then he will heal, hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins and heal our lands. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And truly, our land needs a healing. In fact, the whole world needs a healing. Amen. In closing, the church has gone through many things in its lifetime. And it will probably go through much more before our Lord has perfected us and prepared us for his return. He is soon to come, for he will come for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. Ephesians 5.27 Will you be ready for him when he returns? In order to be ready, all you need to have done is to have first confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And then secondly, to have believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 10 and 9. And if you've done that, if you've prayed the prayer, you said, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need be saved, then the Bible declares that you are saved, and therefore you have become a part of the church also. That resilient and overcoming body of believers who can endure almost any situation, even a pandemic. In times like these, we need to fulfill our callings and or our mandates. Will you use this time wisely to work while it's day John 9 and 4 because the night is coming when no man will have to work any longer amen let us pray Father God we do thank you for this time together we thank you oh God for this word that you have brought forth and we pray that you would bless it sanctify it send it forth to your body Lord that we might be encouraged to stand up and make a difference in times like these. We thank you, oh God, for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. May we represent you in a way that is pleasing in your sight. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and have a great week.